Welcome to Fandom Night, the show that let our powers combine and Captain Planet never showed up. I'm William Bush, your host, uh, Reploid Bill on the main channel, and these are the co's. Go for it. Proto Guy. Sorry, yo. And the Pally Dan. Tonight is the... We're going to talk about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Ultimate Collection, Volume 1. This is... I, for those, I'll give you a little bit of a history. IDW and... This is not recent, it's been going on for a while, now owns the rights to the Turtles. So, they've been producing all the new books. The new books finally got some of that grittiness back. And for those of you that don't know, when the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Adventures started, this was around the time that the 87 cartoon show happened. Now, the 87 cartoon show was what gave us things like Cowabunga, Splinter, I Made a Funny, and little <laughs> things like that, which... For us, we grew up in a time where we felt like that was what the Turtles were, but they were so far from that, and we didn't really get the chance to see that until these books. IDW, with the help of both Eastman and Laird, the original creators of the Turtles, for those that don't know, went back and brought these books back to print. They're in full black and white, just like they were when they were originally released, and... All the grits there, nothing about them was edited or anything like that. And uh, Eastman and Lair both come in and they talk about things after each issue about what they thought, what was going through their mind at the times. And to finish off my little history thing here, they were highly influenced by people like uh, Frank Miller, um, Jack Kirby uh, was a major major, major influence. You see Kirby all over these books. And they really like, Turtles is in love with the splash pages. And I don't know how comic book everybody is here. I know you're not as comic book as everyone else, but a splash page is when you get this. That's a splash page. It covers the entire, whoosh, right across the whole page, epic artwork splash page. Every issue had three, four, five splash pages of ultimate action that always looked really good and it kind of got them noticed. Now, they were trying to avoid the serialistic value of the comic book. The Joker comes back every month. Two-Face comes back every month. Lex Luthor, for some reason, is never caught. They wanted to avoid that. So a lot of people don't realize this, but the Shredder, he dies in the first issue. Yeah. Now, Eastman and Laird, they were hanging out one night, TV was going, and one of them thought it was funny to give the other one problems while they were watching TV. So all of a sudden he throws this picture up on the TV of this turtle standing upright, and he's got like a nunchuck like tied to his wrist, and he's like this, and he wrote Ninja Turtle on it, and it was meant to be a joke. Well, they laugh about it. <laughs> Funny shit. Well, afterwards, somehow, a couple days later, they'd become infatuated with this idea in which they drew all four that would become known in the same goofy art style where they're basically like weapons tied to the wrists like the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> now, Eastman and Laird, they were, when Mirage Studios started, they would be the equivalent of, say you're Eastman and you're Laird. You're this is your studio. <laughs> this is your studio. That's it. That's all they had. It was two guys, this room. They converted their living room, put up stands and shit, and they did their drawings, and they passed them back and forth. Both of them did lettering. Both of them did artwork. Both of them did story. Now, this is what gives their books a weird quality when you when you go through them, because the artwork is not the artwork of a single person. It's like a, he would draw certain parts of it, and then he would hand it over, and the other guy would draw certain parts of it, and he would hand it over, and the other guy would ink a page yeah. while the other guy's doing the next page, and then they would yeah. talk about what they were doing. Yeah, whereas like with DC and Marvel, one guy draws out the story, the next guy goes in, writes in what's going on. Yes. The next guy actually fills in colors, There's and another the next thing. guy goes... Yeah, that looks good. The other thing about Mirage Studios is that when they produced a book, it was like a 47-page epic. Now, at the time, 
you're talking comic books being maybe 23, 27 pages, and you felt like you were getting your money's worth, and they, they worded the crap out of these things. You're talking like back when Stan Lee was still writing, and mm -hmm. like you could obviously see that the guy had jumped over this attack, but he had to explain it. He had to put that stupid yellow box up there and be like, just barely avoiding the attack, the man, I'm like, come on, I can see what happened. Mm -hmm. And they took it more to a fashion like a cinematic presentation. So we're going to go through the book, we're going to show parts of it, and we're going to talk about it. So open up to the first, I first issue, because I want everybody to see this title page. No, 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 the first issue. There you go. Yeah, keep going. <laughs> Well, I'll make you comic book literate here. Keep going. This is the first issue. This was the very first time that we would ever see the turtles. This is what they looked like. It's extremely gritty, and there was a design in mind right off the bat for how the turtles were going to be. Now, I'm going to let you give that around to them, because I don't know who all's got to see this, but but really take it. I mean, take it in. Look at what you're seeing here and understand that they, they had enough money that they drew this, got up like $3,000, went up to their uncle, begged him for money, got some more money, and produced like 3,000 issues. Mirage Studios, they put it out, they thought it was done, they walked away, and they started getting phone calls like, we need more issues. And they were like, oh, Okay, well, they made some money off these, and they put some more issues out. And then people started calling, being like, where is issue two? And they were like, huh? There is no issue two. No. What? There is what? no issue two. So they had to come back to do issue two, and this thing just exploded. It's literally one of those overnight successes that they never saw coming. They just wanted to make a comic book. Didn't one of them move away like yes. a little after the first one was done? They both moved, and because of that, the second book is, it's a phenomenon that it even got done, because he would, he would write some stuff, pack it up, mail it. Then the other guy would get it, he would open it up, mail it, mail it, <laughs> mail it. Finished page one. <laughs> Only 45 more pages yeah. to go. It's, it's <laughs> unbelievable that it even got done. Now, a lot of people, like I said, you understand the Turtles from the 87 series. Well, read this first part right here. And you'll, go ahead, read it out loud, and, and you'll see what I mean. The attitude is very like Noor, like Noor type of murder mystery type of thing. <clears throat> My name is Leonardo. We made a wrong turn somewhere. Now we're caught, our backs to the wall, in this trash skewn alley, bearing the way out are 15 members of the Purple Dragons, the toughest street gang on the east side. The only way they'll let us out of here is if we're dead. Now that's that right there. Leonardo, he's the thinker of what's going on. They didn't set everything in stone yet. Look, I've lost my glasses here. But, um... They were trying to set an attitude right off the bat. Leonardo was presented as the leader. He narrates. Raphael, he gives an indication about Raphael right off the bat that Raphael's ready to go. Man, like, like I think it's in the next the next thing. You can hand it off if you want somebody else to, to go for the next part or something like that. But really, I'm just wanting you guys to see just how different it is. I hold a mic... I hold my katana in a relaxed, ready position. To my left, Donatello and Michelangelo follow suit with Staff and Nunchaku. Raphael guards my right side. I sense his body quivering with tense energy, waiting to be triggered. I couldn't help it, I'm no, sorry. I get you. Yeah. I get you. Yay! Anyway. Uh, where was I? Anyway. Waiting to be triggered into sausage slicing release. <laughs> yes. That says that. Yes, it yes. does. Flip to the next page. Start start the fights so we can actually get moving. Let's see here. Fight, jumping, running. I like that. I like that. That, yeah. that, that was that. copied. This page was actually copied later on 
for the sake of uh, the Ninja Turtles' second movie. Remember when they all yep. jump into the air? Yeah. Get all four turtles, mm -hmm. and the title mm -hmm. comes down. This is one of those things that was gimmicked later on for that specific purpose. Yep. Like, and the first movie pretty much follows a lot of the Mirage comic stuff, and then the parents threw a fit because they thought they were taking them to the 87 Turtles, and they weren't. Yep. And then you notice the second movie calmed down an awful lot. It was... In the Shitty. third. We don't talk about the third. Third was kind of bad. No. So no. Wait, wait, wait. We the don't, third movie, we don't talk you, you about the, the one live that was fully action TV show. That's the one we don't talk yeah, about. Yeah, we the will. The third movie we can at least talk slightly. We'll get there. We'll get to that TV show. I guarantee that. Now, regardless, to give you the image here, it's a bunch of guys. They all look really scruffy, run down. Bunch of them got chains, knives. A couple of them got a gun. Wow, one dude in the back's even got a shotgun. Holy crap! Well, <laughs> he ain't messing serving. around. Purple dragon. This guy right up. Oh, this heat. guy right up front's wearing a fucking leather tunic. Yeah. What the fuck? Did you come out of the 15th century? You son of a bitch, go back. This is this is actually based. Yeah, I was about to say based off the. Uh, Mustache this guy's got. This guy uh, this guy's clearly like grew old up in the school 70s. Robber. Yeah, this yeah. is 1984. Yeah, this this dude here has himself a mustache and like he said, yeah, a, a leather leather vest that's tied up. Make it fun of these tunic. these dudes yeah. here. Yeah, that one dude over there with the big old you know stash. He's got the he looks like mustache. he grew up in the 70s. However, the guy like two guys next to him has punk ass mohawk. <laughs> It makes yeah. no sense. Oh, purple dragons. Purple yeah, dragons. purple dragons. My ass. Now, more like we just dress the way we want. The purple yeah. dragons have become one of those things that, like, they didn't show up in our TV series. Yeah. But later on, like the 2003 series, they were mm -hmm. all over that series, and it's yeah. weird that they were counted out when they were literally the first guys the turtles ever fought. Yeah. They don't show up in the series. Yeah, it took all the Not way up ours. until them. And then now in the 2013, I don't even think they've shown up at all. Now they've gone on to... To, uh... to be fair, this is what really happened. In in 87, they were talking about they wanted a, uh, a toy line from Playmate. And Playmate was like, I tell you what, if you can get a cartoon to go with it, sure, yeah, we'll make toys. Yep. Now, they were... They were poised with a real tough challenge because what they had on the paper here was not something that they could present to children. Let me explain the actual story to you real quick. You have Yamato Yoshi. He has a pet rat. The pet rat watches Yamato Yoshi train. He's one of the, one of the best shadow warriors of the clan. Now... They don't get too ridiculous. He's not doing kick flips and crap, but he would stand on his hind legs and try to kick, and he'd fall over, and his master would laugh, and he got a kick out of that. And <laughs> the rat, yeah. the rat would realize he he could he knew what was going on, what he was seeing, but he couldn't make use of it. Now he starts seeing this woman, Shin. Now Shin loves him, but there's another guy, Nagisaki. Now Nagisaki. He likes her, too. Well, there's a little bit of promiscuous stuff going on where Yamato Yoshi keeps seeing her at night. And back then, that was kind of a... Nagi, yeah. goes, Nagi goes there basically to be like, you know, he, he doesn't exactly realize it. He goes there like, hey, how about giving me some of that sweet stuff? And she's like, how about no? And it makes him mad. So he starts beating. I'm talking, he's hitting her in the face, and it, the, the page, you can flip through the pages, you'll find it, he'll have her, and he's got her by the shirt, and his hand is up, and basically her blouse is open, and you can tell what was about to go down. He wasn't going to get it, he yep, was going to take it. Yep. Now, yep, Yamato Yoshi comes in, and Yamato Yoshi is like, what is going on in here? So he freaks out, he beats Nagi to death, just... Now, yeah. after Nagi's dead, he's given two choices. You can either leave forever, complete exile, dishonorably, or you can kill yourself right now. And save your honor. And you can seek honor in the next life. Well, 
For some reason, this shadow warrior didn't have the stomach to finish himself off, and he fled to America. He chose to seek possible honor in the continuation of his life making up for his sins. Now, he goes to America, he softens up, he gets a normal job, and Oroko is the brother of Nagi. He grows up in extreme hatred. Hates Yoshi. As he grows, he trains. He becomes the best shadow warrior they've ever seen, and even makes it up to sensei level, and they tell him, we're opening a faction in New York. We want you to lead it. He's like, I would love to. It's like, I got this shit. He goes to New York, and he shapes the foot, which is normal. Now, no, understand, the foot in this book is not an honorable tribe or whatever. They're assassins. Yep. And they, they like, they, they do assassin work. Are, well, are he, you saying assassins can't be honorable? Not, no, not the foot. Yeah, not I just guys. don't see it. They were they were like major assassins. They were they, they had their own code of honor. Yeah, they were major. Yeah, yeah major don't assassins. don't kill the other guy and that's an assassin. The other the other reason or I well, can tell the other reason I can tell you that they couldn't have been that honorable is because how easy it was for Rokosaki to reshape them. He moved to New York. He turned them into drug smugglers, cocaine peddlers, like like um he he reshaped the foot to like deal in slavery and extortion charges like he would go up and be like you want to be safe you better pay me to keep you safe he also ran all the assassin stuff he becomes real big he finds Yamato Yoshi he hides in the dude's apartment he beats his wife to death and then Yoshi comes in and he's like what's going on in here and Orokosaki kills him now the rat is left without a home to wander the streets and they steal Daredevil's origin story. Yep. There's a there's a truck that's driving on the road and this, this kid like pushes this old man out of the way and this crap falls off the back of the truck and it bounces and it hits this hits this kid's uh it hits the kid now this is where it gets weird. The kid that pushed the old man, the canister falls and hits him in the face. Ow. Then bounces off his face basically hits the street, does one more, like, jumping bounce, basically, hits this fishbowl, and they all fall into the sewers, and, um, the rat goes down there, and he's like, oh, my God, and he gets him up, and then from there, the story basically takes place normally, except for he teaches them the arts of the assassination, the ninja, because he wants to kill the man that killed his master. I'm reading, damn it. I know. <laughs> More, I'm just trying to keep... Here's all the uh, the turtles right here. One of those... It really, like, the, the splash pages is really what I mean. Like, it's this, it's this big thing. But anyways, they go, they go in, they fight. They basically mess up his business. He's trying to make a deal. Raphael throws a sigh in the window for a form for a for a formal challenge and he's he loses the deal because it makes him look bad now here's a here's one of the coolest splash pages this is this is what it really was it was like they didn't they didn't just beat up the foot they kill him it was very gritty it was it was major violent especially like leonardo's like leonardo at one point cuts a dude in the face like, he jumps back and puts the thing out, and it's like, shee! And the dude's like, ah! And he got his friggin' face cut off. It was a very different type of turtles that they got. That's pretty sweet. As opposed to what we ended up getting. Mm -hmm. You should, um... You should explain to them what kind of person Casey Jones is. Casey Jones in the actual books. Does it, has anybody read this? No. 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 Casey Jones is a major sociopath. There is it. something massively wrong with him. When Casey Jones is introduced, it goes into his apartment. He's sitting back in his chair. Chillaxing. He's got his. He's got a hockey wow. hockey mask on the chair a bag of baseball bats and crap to the side of him. He's watching five TVs all at once surrounding him. 
There's like Terminator, Clint Eastwood, Dirty Harry, cops, and the news, like, all surrounding him. And as they talk all at the same time, he's got the TV blaring, every single one of them, and he's answering them as if it was, like, real stuff. So, like, it's sitting there like, as you find pages you want to show off, say something, because I... No, it, it, it's just that, uh, ep or let's see. The second portion of it is already all the fucking Mausers and yeah, Baxter Yeah, the, the Mausers are the second issue. And, the Shredders and of wall. course there was massive wall, giant splash page full of dead robots. I'm like, good God! But, um... I always thought that was bullshit for the game! <laughs> when you go... Anyways, um, he's, he's answering the TVs. He's like, it'll be like, bang! And he's like, that's right, that's what he deserves. And the other guy will be talking about rapist found it, da-da-da, so-and-so place. They should just chair that motherfucker. And then it goes over to this, and he's, he's able to, like, the other guy's like, we should just wipe crime off the street. And he's like, you ain't coming back, I'm gonna kill you. And he's like, that's right, that guarantees that the crime rate goes down. And as he answers all these TVs, you then get a more massive glimpse into just how messed up he is. He stands up and he grabs this hockey mask and he puts it on his face and he narrates his own life at this point. He's like, he's like, I will dawn, he's like, I will dawn this costume of justice. I will avenge my city. That type of thing. Thanks. Like, I will not, I will not stand idly by and let this world suffer. Here comes justice or something like that. No, here comes the cranes. cranes. The cranes were cool. There was not. There was a gaggle of crane. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Actually, I thought, not, it was, I thought crane, it was great because the page before it, of the page before it's Splinter like peeking in the doorway and he goes, "By the souls of my ancestors, they just yeah, see robots and there's a couple crane just sipping but on see, some coffee." Actually, they're not crane. It's this. Krang, I don't even know where they really got... I know where they got the idea for him, but... Alright, I'm talking about the Casey Jones thing, so let me just... Of course, it's the next thing. There's yep. the Casey Jones. <laughs> Never fails. Damn it, Seth! Just damn it! So, let me get... Find him here. Uh, showcases his anger a bit. But I want to find Casey so you can see what I'm talking about. Here he is. He's right here in his room, surrounded by models, dirt, his crap. There's like five TVs going. He's watching all the TVs. He's responding to all of them. And then he all of a sudden, he just, he says, uh, geez, those guys have the right idea. Get scumbags and dirt balls off the street to defend the citizens of this fair city from the vile scum that sneaks about my city. Yeah, the city. My city. Home of Casey Jones. It's a tough job. But someone's got to do it. Someone's got to enforce justice. He Some narrates justice his own life. And later on, when he sees Raphael, he doesn't have an issue with it. See, read this part right here. Read that. You'll know. He just... Now think about this. He's <clears throat> just a dude. He sees a green five-foot turtle, like, beaten up on, on uh, purple dragons and purse snatchers, and... He's not shocked by it. He narrates what he sees as if he is, his life is a comic book. Well, he sees um, He sees what's going down and he's saying, And a fellow funny-looking green crime-fighting defender of justice. Yeah! <laughs> Stan Lee writing at its finest! Yeah, it's, <laughs> it, but he, he narrates he narrates what, what is going oh, Stan on. Lee he's, cool. <laughs> he's real wild about it. He's major, major messed up. Casey Jones also looks like a hard ass. I haven't seen the picture yet. But dude, he looks like a badass. But go, through it, go through it, pass it around, find pages that we need to show off. Well, um, I was about to say, because the original line of the toys that we had, because I know I had a bunch of them, yeah. and I always looked at them, I was like, this doesn't look like the show or the movie or none of it. Well, I'm glad that you brought it up, As soon as actually, I saw that, I was like, it makes sense now. The original toys that we got were these things here. They were not based on the show. The only thing that came close to basing on the show was that we got this L here. These are oh, roughly the based off the comic book. That's what you see in that comic. That's not what they looked like in our show. No. Yeah. 
Because I always thought they that the grin looked toys. retarded. I was like, what's, what's with, no, that's, no. Yeah, they but yeah, no, I That's After you showed me the style, I was like, that makes sense. Okay. That's I, why like, they looked like yeah. that. The, um... Yeah, I know. See, when I first seen huh? the uh, when I first seen the first live action movie, yeah. and I got to see that fight with Raphael and Casey Jones, and then the the fight you told me about in the comic book, yeah, <clears throat> completely different, completely different. Like the the movie almost made it like kind of like a joke. Not seeing anything shit <clears throat> off yet? Huh? Not yet. But. Because, you know, they were joking. Because Shane already just talked about what I'm looking through right now. Yeah, yeah but they haven't yeah, seen the it. Fight. Yeah, you can shut it off. That's what we're doing here, guy. Here. Do that one. Right, oh, big slap by a golf club. Yeah, see, that's what I mean. All the blood that comes out of his face. He's hit with that golf club. He actually gets beat by Casey because Casey has no remorse whatsoever for his own physical body. Like, Casey just comes in. And uh, there's the thing right before there where they're starting to fight. And, like, Casey dodges in to one of Raphael's size on purpose. Like, he basically rolls over his arm, completely exposing himself where he could have been killed in a single hit. But he has no fear and no remorse whatsoever. And it takes Raph by surprise. And he, like, rolls around and hits him in the neck with a hockey stick. Drops the hockey stick. Goes for a goes for a golf club, and then just whap, and just takes him out in one hit. Like, he has no remorse for his own physical well-being, so because of that, he can do things that Raph wasn't exactly ready for. He was ready to fight a guy in a hockey mask. No. He didn't expect that it was such a different situation. See, he did actually stab him. He got him. Yeah, he, he got him. him right there on that part. I don't know where, because you can see him fall. Oh, it's right here. He got stabbed right here. Ooh, ouch. And he still just hit the ground. He was like, hockey's... Hink! that? I promise if... Ow, my lunch! Damn you! He's in ridiculous physical condition, too. Which, when you see him watching the TV, he was sitting there curling. That's all he does. He works out and watches extreme violence and news and works himself up and goes out into the night and narrates justice. Do you wonder why? But, see, he's also, he, the, the reason Raph steps in is because he finds a purse snatcher. The dude stole a purse, Raph gets it back, throws it to this lady. Like, you know, you don't see Raph out in the open. It wasn't like, I, I wear a trench coat so nobody knows me. Like, the dude had ran into this foresty area, like the Central Park, and Raph came down and was like, bink, and you know, threw it out there. Now that you mention the freaking trench coat, they did that <laughs> shit in the movie. Right. And it didn't fool anybody, because when Raph was, was chasing somebody, he slid over this taxi cab, it was a hood, and the, ta and, and the, and the, pa the guy in the taxi's like, what was that? And the, dr the taxi driver's like, a giant turtle in a trench coat. Yeah. <laughs> All nonchalant. Like, yeah. like, like he's like, seen like this shit before. Yeah, well, yeah but at the same like, time, yeah, you got to stop to think, this is also New York City, yeah, where a guy walking down the street butt naked with his pecker in his hand. Listening to a boombox is nothing. Yeah, that is like, normal occurrence. Like whatever. But it's it's just funny. I, I always laugh at that part because you said we're so one of your best superheroes is a blind man. Yeah. Whipping yeah. bitches with yeah, a, a stick. blind a blind guy in yellow leather. I really like this rivalry. It is a rivalry. This Casey Jones Raphael thing. And I feel like if Raphael had more... That's actually a good page. Let me see that. That's one of those... I, I just... The reason I'm impressed by it is because it's black and white. This was penciled and inked, and that's all they had the money for. But you get a sense, a feeling from the art. Like, you could tell the type of universe you're looking at. It is gritty. It is violent. It is, like, very noir. Yeah, but say, as a noir feeling. Yeah. And you can really tell by looking at the original artwork... It's very surprising that the guys even came up with that cartoon show. Like, the guys that rewrote this material to create a kid's show, you got to give them a thumbs up because what they came up with out of what they were presented, it still somehow managed to maintain the feeling. They are the Turtles. There's certain ideologies that still stayed there. But they somehow managed to dumb it down for kids. And without it, without it, we probably wouldn't have been drug in the way that we were 
and the new series that are going right now probably wouldn't have happened. The 80s basically showed us something that, by today's standards, that show is terrible. It's hard to watch. Yeah. It's really hard to watch. No, I did, but there are other shows that I can watch from that era. So that's what I'm talking about. That show was specifically designed to sell toys. Yep. That was its only actual purpose for even being on the air, which it accomplished. And still does. And Yeah, still does. But the new shows that came from people that grew up on that show, that wanted to know what the turtles were about, that went back, that read the books, that appreciated the the the, the pop culture of it, and then brought those comics into today that have such a passion for it. It's like Batman cartoons and Justice League cartoons of the like of previous, like the sixties. Yeah. They're terrible. They're awful. Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice, <coughs> but those people that grew up in that time had such a passion for it because that started them. They were able to move into the real material. And the next time that that job was given, it wasn't just given to some guy. Yeah. It was somebody that cared enough about the characters to work on it. Like the 60s Spider-Man. Oh, God. That's some guy. Uh, Even the 80s Spider-Man is some, some guy. guy but yeah. now, 90s when the 90s Spider-Man came out, that was some good shit. It was very yeah. different. Like the guy had obviously read the books. He knew that he knew he was working at a different media. He had to showcase it differently, but he cared enough for it to take it serious enough that it's a show that you could sit down and watch now, as opposed to putting in the 80s show and try to watch that. All the way through. 80 Spider-Man. I wonder why that cover looks familiar. Why? <laughs> why do you say number four looks familiar, guy? Because it looks like uh, some of the stuff they've used for Davidji games. Yep. Actually, it's funny that you mention that. <laughs> but, uh, it is exactly what you just said. <laughs> That yep. artwork, the turtle standing there in that pose exactly, that is one of the covers to the video game. Yep. Now you said that, you no, know, does each turtle have their own one shot in this? N not in this. Because Ra because that entire third uh, 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 Mikey was all Raphael. Uh, uh, Raph, Raph has a one shot, which is the one you just seen. Right. That was a one shot, which by the way, was not a normal thing back then. Yeah. It was just starting, and it didn't quite trend yet, but it was just starting in comic books where characters would get one side arc stories, like there would be a Flash side Damn. arc. Damn. And that's a good one. Show that one off. And, um... Oh, yeah, that is pretty sweet. But, um, the Turtles... The Turtles started doing it almost the, almost the day they seen the first one-shot. There was an opportunity to put down a little more character base to say, let's flesh the character out more. Let's do just Raphael, only him, his own book, and we'll, we'll work on his temper problems. We'll talk about why he is the way he is. Why he's always pissed off all the time. Why he has to punch the shit out of somebody. The turtles actually get wounded, actually. That's another thing to talk about. They don't just walk away every week unscathed. They take dam They take damage. Um... Mikey will get hurt in the issue he's going through, and it follows him for like six issues. He gets he gets cut like he's fighting the foot, and one of these guys actually gets a hit. The foot are not pushover ninjas. They're not yeah. just like killing 50 guys and walking through them. The it's foot are like well-trained experts. But there's a difference when you think about fighting the foot. The foot guy, he might do a cut like this and come across the shell, ting, 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 ting. And it does leave a mark. They do bleed, but that's a very powerful shell. And I know it's very powerful because Leo gets shot in one of the issues on the back as he's like, these, these cops come out, like they, they see a cop get killed. And they, they rush out and they, they, take, they take down and he checks his pulse. And while he's checking it, these cops come around from the back and they're like, Oh my God! 
freeze! And they take their guns out and start shooting, and as he leaps into the shadow area, one of the bullets hits him in the back, and it ricochets off his back and hits the wall. So their shell is powerful enough to stop gun bullet. I found your gaggle of crane. The gaggle of crane! <laughs> There's a lot of Krang here. Krang is taking picture of Krang. Couple, couple show Krang. Krang. And this be a good image of Krang. Yes, this is a good image of Krang. The new show is great. Yeah. I don't know if everybody has seen, seen it. it. It's yes. great. I have seen it. I've, I've been watching the hell out of it as much as I can. Yeah, it's it's definitely it's definitely mm -hmm. taken. It, it uses a lot of the things from the comic. If you were to read this you would immediately pick up a lot of things that the new show is doing that's taken directly from the book. Dumbed down and changed a bit, yes, but taken directly from the book. They do fight the purple dragons. Mm -hmm. There are multiple Krang. Well, yeah. like, <clears throat> that, uh, that wound you were talking about. Mikey, oh, yeah, Mikey's he's got... bandaged right now. Isn't he? <coughs> this is a arm. nice issue. Show, show them real quick what I'm Mikey's talking about. Mikey's arm is uh, bleeding. He, uh, he uh, got hurt by the foot. The foot cut him. It does. Yeah. It follows him for a couple of issues easily. Like, and then, uh, and one of the Krangs seen that, it, and he, I guess he dropped his nunchuck because his arm was hurting. Yeah. And that's Krang just flips him over the table. Oh yeah. Like that is not. I mean, you gotta Krang nunchucks, man. You gotta have. Can't be in pain with nunchucks. Well, you can. You just He's actually through. really good. That's another thing. Mikey is not the joke character of the issues. Like. He's a good character. He's very fast. He's um he's able to contend with Raphael. In fact, he's one of the guys you see training most often. When yeah. um almost every other time that like the turtles are doing something, Leo's meditating or he's studying something, Donnie's always tinkering with something, Raph and Mikey fight each other all the time. They're best friends, actually. Those those are the two brothers that bonded closest on the team is those two they are the best of friends. I assume Leo and Don are No, no, it doesn't it, it's not like that. No, the, they're, the two they're that off have, on their own. Yeah. The two that have the closest connection to each other are Mike and Raph. Raph oh. constantly refers there to him as, as his little brother. Get him like that. Miss Well, not miss, but Oh, okay. No, that's a skim. There's no. there's another one in the second book there's one where it hits him directly in his back, and it just bounces off his shell. So the shells are tough enough to stop bullets. So when the foot fight these guys, what are you supposed to do? There's a reason that they're killing so many and not dying themselves. Because no one's going for the headshot. Has anybody noticed one of the big differences between these turtles and every turtle that ever came after them? Other than the fact that uh, technically once they gain color, all the bandanas are red, and the only way to differentiate is the weapon. That is true. The bandanas are all only red, and there was a couple reasons to this. One, they could fight you. Like, one guy could fight you. Leo could fight you, and if you hit him in the stomach or something and knock him... He flies him, into he, the shadows. He could, he could fall down, and he could jump up onto the building and jump into the alleyway, and as you run across this area, Don would hit you. And it would look like he switched weapons. Because yep. as far as you're concerned, you're already fighting a mutant freak. Yep. Like, you don't differentiate the difference between one freak and another. Your mind is already in some form of survival mode because you're fighting a monster. Yep. Now there's this one monster that keeps changing fighting styles and weapons on you continuously, and you don't know how to fight them. So you're, <laughs> you yep. think that you're fighting one turtle, but in fact you're fighting four. Right, yeah. they could they could essentially fight you like that. Yeah, which is the way the ninja used to work. Everybody well, wore one thing, and they could just. It also makes it difficult, though, unless you know the turtles, you can get lost reading the issues because yeah. sometimes they'll talk, and all you can see is their face, and unless you know your characters, you don't really know which one was saying that. You have to know your turtles wow. when you read the old books. Well, I already know who this is. This is Mikey. Who? This turtle right here. No, that's Raph. That's Raph? It's Raphael. Raphael. Raphael grabs one of the guns off the floor in one of this fight, and he's like, BAM! Why not? It's a laser gun. Yeah. Yep. He just starts using it, and then when Leo... Yeah, Leo's got it gun, now. Leo's like, see, he even says it. Like, if uh, Raph Raphael can use... can use the gun. 
I don't see you're it's right. It's all attitude. Yep. Raphael has the attitude to grab the gun. He's like, hey, free weapon. Where you're... Mikey's the goofy one that's jumping over the table. Yeah. He's still goofy, but he's Whoa! at least badass. Yikes! Yep. Yikes! Okay, that is Mikey. Yeah, definitely Mikey. Mike Wow, Scoob. See, when I first seen this, I thought it was a uh, Rocksteady, but it's not. Tyranitars or what they oh, were referred yeah. to. Oh yeah. They were a they were a different race. Is Bebop and Rocksteady even in the comic? Not as far as I've gotten. That could have just been a cartoon. They added in the cartoon. This, the very first color cover that they ever afforded. Which they were making pretty good money by this point, and they finally decided to do a color cover. Now I gotta flip to the end of here, because I could show the one part, but there's actually two parts to the cover, and I'd like to show the cover off completely. This is the first colored TMNT. That would be the front, that would be the back. That was the that first time they were ever featured in full color. Now there were multiple printings of the book. They would reprint the first book in color and call it the color classic. But this was the first time you've seen them in color, so get a good look. And, and, and who's the first person to tell me where they're fighting? Major pop culture icon. I'd, I would love to tell you, but I... You'll see it here soon. Flip it to him. Make your guess. Where do you think they are? Um, they're, the, they're in the cantina. Did you read that? It's the Star Wars Cantina. No, I didn't read it. I just looked around. And... Yeah, it's the Star Wars Cantina. <laughs> no, I can tell just by taking one tiny glimpse right here. And then Raph's got, and Raph's got, and got the laser gun. Left. That's where the uh, band sits. Yep, yeah. that is the Star Wars Cantina that they're fighting in. You know what actually caught what, the bar is what? That's freaking yeah. hilarious. And Raph's got the gun. Well, I was about to say, because right, right as you started to say it, I noticed the yellow chick, and I was like, she's supposed to be blue. Wait a minute. No. Oh, let me show you that first, first joke she can be picture, yellow. actually. Why she got to be blue? Yeah, they were like greens, yellows, and blues. Yeah, they were all different are, are you trying, are you trying no. to be all racist about the Twi'leks? The, yes. joke, the joke picture I oh, mentioned, the, blue the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, oh, is right here. Yeah, I know. But I could have sworn the one in the bar was a blue one, though. See how they have it? It's like tied to their wrist. This is the first goofy picture of yeah. the turtles yeah. that I was telling you about. Uh, you're right about that one. The one at the cantina was yellow. The one in Jabba's palace was blue. Now, <laughs> nobody's noticed nice. this yet. Now, I, this, is, this is weird. It's such a small detail, but I noticed it in like the first page. I thought something was weird. The turtles are more turtle than they've been in other incantations that we've ever read or watched. They have tails. Can't see it in that one. Hold on. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's either a tail or he's taking a shit. No, it's the turtle tail. No, Every single issue. I would just mean like... Yep, they were drawing ah, tails. Yes. Yeah. No, it's just mean either that's yep. a tail or he's taking a shit. And that's Mid Raphael. Which is a damn good artwork right there, too. That's a pretty sweet one. Go show that one. I'll show off the Mouser thing, too. That's a cool cover. Yeah, but, but this book this book changes your idea. If you grew up in, like we did, the 87 Turtles are nothing like what they were. 84 seen the first issue of Turtles, and it was very different than what we grew up with. Very different. These, They're more serious. On a sales note, I would fully endorse this book. Fully. I really think that if you like the Turtles, you owe it to yourself to see where they started from because it'll give you a completely new understanding and likeness for the Turtles that you've been missing out on. If you've never read these books, you have been missing out. They're, they really set the groundwork for what we would see, and I think that in a lot of a lot of things that I've read have been better than any of the shows I've watched. Now, that being said, if you try to hunt these down book by book, you might have some issues. It's going to be tough to do. However, 
in celebration of IDW owning the Turtles, which, by the way, is the best thing that ever happened to them, IDW is re-releasing every single original book, including the Adventures. The reason they're still releasing all of it, even the terrible Turtle Adventures that are based on the 87 cartoon, is because they were the, they are a company where a lot of the people, they grew up watching the Turtles, they love the Turtles, they now own the property, they're re-releasing all of it. And they're taking very, 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 very good care of the release. This book is not cheap. But it's not cheaply made. <laughs> These pages are real. They fit. They're, it's yeah. a different type of paper. Yes. Because every time I flip the page, I feel like I'm I'm, I'm flipping two pieces over. It's like know? it's yeah. like almost like construction paper. It's very high yield. It's it, the coloring. Durable. The coloring is fantastic. It's a hardbound book. It's, Go get them, Leo. Show that. That's awesome. And yeah. I love that actually. That's uh. They were forced to fight in like a space planet thing and the atmosphere they can't breathe it so they got this weird hose shoved down their throat that they gotta keep their teeth around because if it falls out they'll suffocate to death and leo's fighting this tyranitar by himself dude actually find that fight with the tyranitars and show the whole fight that's a great fight yeah because that's just the ass under the katana yeah but if you want to buy Meditating. this book it's fifty dollars it's gonna cost you fifty dollars for the book and you have the first two, don't you? It is not a small book. Oh, no, I, it's, it's got over 300 pages. No, yes. I could probably beat someone half to death with this book. It's got, it's got yeah. about 300 pages in it. And there they it's are. very, very, very well done. It's printed very well. The artwork is fantastic. Show that splash page. Well, that's, it's kind of a splash page. It's not, but it is. Show that. These, tyrannic, these guys are much larger than turtles. <laughs> <laughs> Much larger. Flip through. Flip through so they can see this, this fight. How big is a gaggle of Krang? Here we go. <laughs> gaggle of Krang! They're, the turtles ain't messing around. This episode of Phantom Night brought to you by a gaggle Oh, Leo just got flipped. Now, if you wish, if you wish to purchase, you. if you want to purchase this book, it's going to run you $50 at a store. 50 bucks. Yep. However, even though I don't care to do it because we're not getting any kind of money and we're not getting any kind of endorsement, I will tell you that if you go over to Amazon.com, you can get the book brand new for $30. Or you can buy this exact copy that we're showing you here for the low, low price of $95.29. <laughs> it's takes, a steal! Uh, if someone takes me up on that offer, I will sell it for $95.25. I was about to say, because actually I had one of these older ones. Uh, I downloaded an app for my phone. That's I'm not cool going to say which one. The, but, the teleport, uh, it was done in black and white, and you could see how they inked all this around here, and then the absence of the color, you could tell that they're kind yeah. of teleporting. Like, this cool effects that you get with the black and white that you don't get, the color would have been a very uh, different style. Show, show it off. The, the color would have been a very different type of style. Right. It would have looked uh, very different. But like I was saying, it. no, uh, I found an app for my phone. I'm not going to say what it is, but it allows you to download digital comics. And sometimes they have sales where you can get some for a buck, and I found an old Turtle comic for a buck. Now, granted, it seemed like it was one of the more uh, newer stylized ones than like this, because Casey seemed like he had more of a heart than he did in that. But at the same time... Oh yeah, you can you can still get them on your phone, tablets, whatever, and depending upon where you go, you can get them cheap. But again, that's issue by issue, and uh, yeah. Now, I'm the kind of person that wants to have the book. Yeah. I want to be able to put it on my shelf. If it gets damaged, it's my fault. If you have, or or you let one of us mess around with it. Well, like digital comics and things like that, when they when your computer flatlines, when your account messes up, yeah. they're gone. Yep. They're gone, period. And, this sounds ridiculous, but to a person like me, a collector, I can never resell a digital comic. I can never get anything back. 
when I'm finally done done, when I just don't care anymore about whatever I've collected, I often sell what I've collected. It takes me a long time to finally get rid of a collection, but when I do, I get something back for going through the trouble to spend all the money to acquire what I acquire. Now, digital, it's never going to happen. I won't get a single penny back. I, can, I just have to delete it to get more space to get more comics. There are pros and cons, because as you can tell from this over here, mm -hmm. this is not all of my books. This is half of my books. Yep. The other half of my books are stored in storage and uh, downstairs and in like a couple different houses. And yeah. I want to, I want to, uh, it can be tough to keep track of them with digital. I wouldn't have that issue. Yeah. Splinter truly trained in the art of ninjutsu. I want to show you why. This is how you be a ninja. That is how you're a ninja. They don't know you're coming. They don't know you're coming. That's not, Let me wait see. A second. You said Splinter, sir. I mean, you know I meant Shredder. That's the. Let me that's see. a good picture. Show. Show. I wanted to show. Are. These are the alternate covers. This is right? the first page. Okay. Wait, show did, those off. Let, let me see and then that let one them look at it. This is why Shredder is a best ninja. Yes. <laughs> Belly flop. Over <laughs> the Shredder. Those look. Those look really cool. There's like the Mouser one and everything. Show those off before we before we cut this. It will cost you $50 to buy this book, but you could get it on Amazon for 30 bucks. If you're the type of person who likes to inspect the book before you buy it, Barnes & Noble or something like that, some type of book comic store will normally have this, and if they don't, you can order it. Now, with Barnes & Noble, if you order it from their, like, even if they have the book, don't buy it, look at it, put it back on the shelf if it is something you want. Now that you've seen it here and everything, go up to the counter and tell them you would like to order Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles The Ultimate Collection Volume 1, and because you order it to be mailed to you directly, it costs a lot less. Yeah. Like, you can get it for like, I think you can get it for like $30. Like, they drop $20 off the price tag because you're not taking it off their shelf. Yeah, they don't have to and for pay those somebody that, to... For those people that don't know, everything in Barnes & Noble is like that. If you find a movie, and you're always like, This is out fucking rages! Why does this movie cost $110? It's some sort of like, they hike up the price for um, convenience. You pay for the convenience of taking it with you. Same thing with going to a gas station. You're going to pay more going there than you would if you went to the grocery store. Right. It's for uh, uh, restocking purposes. Right. That's what they like to classify it you always, as. You always, it's BS. Now, if you but... were to just go up to the counter with like five or six of the items you want, like when I bought the Bat, I bought Batman the animated series. I took the two volumes and I was like, fifty, fifty. And I went up there and I was like, I need to order volume one and volume two, and they were like, and they were like, okay, thirty-seven. And it was mailed directly to my house. It went from a hundred bucks to thirty-seven. Yeah, it only it only costs like around like it cost me like somewhere around sixteen something dollars or something per thing if I just ordered it and had it delivered to me. In fact, I couldn't order just one of them because I would have had to have paid the shipping and handling. If you yeah. uh, if you pay over twenty-five dollars, they'll just ship it straight to your damn house. Yeah. Huh. Well, convenience factor, fuck that. Yeah. It really is. 